This is episode number 113 with Kim Britton. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. So what's the difference between integrated business planning and sales and operations planning? Well, if you're like most of your supply chain colleagues, you might be under the false impression that they're pretty much the same thing. It might come to you as a surprise that IBP is not simply an extension of SNOP. In this episode of Transform Talks, I'm joined by Kim Britton, Director of SNOP and IBP at Johnson Controls. He's going to help us untangle the differences between SNOP and IBP, explore the challenges of balancing long-term objectives with the day-to-day running of the business, address the pros and cons of IBP, and debate why supply chain is a service provider to the business and not the be-all and end-all to the business. Kim Britton has close to 30 years experience working in supply chain management, closely focused on planning and integrating wider business functions into supply chain processes. Prior to joining Johnson Controls, Kim previously occupied long-held positions at Ford Motor Company, Cummins, and 3M. I'm really excited to present this episode to you, so let's get started. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I'm glad that you're here. Good morning. Nice to have you. Nice to have you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, great. So, you know, we've hosted you before uh, in a panel discussion that we held at one of our recent DemSense events. And for those of you that aren't familiar with our DemSense series, uh, it's one of our most popular events where we provide clear guidance on how advanced and intelligent planning capabilities can future-proof your business by giving you, you know, that holy grail of end-to-end supply chain visibility and data-powered agility you need to withstand any supply chain disruption. Now, we're going to play a clip, it's a very interesting clip, from uh, DemSense before we kick off the discussion. And in this clip, Integrated Business Planning Director for Medtronic's LATAM division, Nubia Maldonado, she points out how the lines are blurred in how practitioners define SNOP, and then you provide your two cents on this as well. So let's, let's listen to the clip. I also think that the concept of SNOP, I mean, it's a, it's a concept that's been around for a really long time. And as it evolves, people take it to the, you know, whatever they think they're doing is SNOP, right? So at least for us, we were seeing everybody had an SNOP, but it was a different SNOP when we talk about different businesses. And I think to, I think to that point, you get to a situation where, quite frankly, people don't even understand what IBP is. There's this concept that it is just SNOP. It's an extension of an horizon, but fundamentally it's different. Um, we know that it's associated with being connected to the PNL and, and, and a, a much more broader understanding of business planning and business integration. But um, yeah, I think one of the some of the struggles that I've had, some of the challenges I've had in, in multiple businesses is, yeah, don't let's just say it's IBP because we're extending the horizon of SNOP. That's really not what it is. Okay. <clears throat> I guess the question here is, can you tell us the fundamental differences between IBP and SNOP? I mean, why are the lines blurred? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I, I think that um, I think there's a natural blurring that has occurred. And I, I'm not necessarily suggesting that that blurring is a right thing or a good thing. I think um, you have to really go back to understand the, the fundamental intent and purpose of the two processes. And if you're really respecting the integrity of the processes, I think you get a lot better clarity in terms of 
where they need to be blurred and where they are distinctly different. So the obvious thing from, a, from an IBP perspective compared to SNOP, I, I think everybody will say, yes, it's a longer term horizon. IBP focuses on the strategic horizon. SNOP, we're talking tactical to operational. And, and clearly there has to be a handshake. You can't be driving an operations of the business, which is fundamentally disconnected with the strategic objectives of the business. Mm -hmm. um, that line that covers or carries across the full planning horizon can't have discontinuities in it. It has to be on the, on, on the constant trajectory. So I, I think there's always going to be a blurring when you migrate from one time horizon to another time horizon. There has to be. There has to be a blurring. But I think fundamentally, come back to the, the objective, SNOP is about executing a supply-demand synchronized plan over the shorter-term horizon, typically a rolling 12 to 18 months. IBP is looking at the preparedness, the, the, the readiness of eventualities that might come down the pipeline at you which allows the enterprise to maintain its trajectory to, to, towards the strategic goals. So mm -hmm. I, IBP, I, I like to talk of IBP as being the thinking organization's planning process. Right. SNOP is the capability planning processes. And, and if you look at it like that, they're clear. They're, they're clear in terms of their objective, their intent and purpose. But naturally they have to migrate together they have to come together but do you think that the blurring comes from the fact that there's um not such a i mean you've defined it really well i mean now that you say it the way that you say it it makes a lot of sense but even within the profession do you think that there is that blurring because there's so uh, so much mixture between strategic and tactical or maybe not enough definition between strategic and tactical no doubt absolutely no doubt the the number of times i've, I've heard I just just put a portfolio review onto SNOP and we'll call it IBP, Integrated Business Planning. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fundamentally incorrect. And I think when you have that mindset, when, when you have the idea that you just add things, IBP is additive to SNOP, then by definition, there's the blurring through lack of comprehension of what you're trying to orchestrate. So I, I think, yes, there, there's, there's no doubt um, a true deep understanding. And I mean, not just um, the, the textbook, but a true deep understanding mm -hmm. of how integrated business planning works really drives clarity. Handoffs, handshakes between horizons, but clarity. The lack of understanding and comprehension of what you're trying to do with integrated business planning, as opposed to SNOP, Yes, it does drive the blurring of the line simply because you don't know, businesses don't know what they're trying to do. I, I, you know, I really like what you just said there in terms of businesses don't know what they're trying to do. Can you expand a little bit on that and perhaps why that leads to bad decision making maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, it, it, it's something that we, we joke about. Um, many organizations I've worked in, we joke about um, the heroes are always the firefighters. You know, the, the, the folks that walk around the enterprise with their badges on their chest displayed proudly are the folks that have dropped into a problem, a, a burning platform, and have solved that burning platform today. So there's a tendency for organizations to migrate people towards that short-term horizon. You know, it becomes, in, it becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. And, and if you get to a situation where, 
those dynamics are perpetuated by the C-suite, by senior leaders, then by definition, there is no appetite to talk about anything beyond the quarter or even the month. You know, perhaps you'll, you'll visit the annual plan once at the beginning of the year. Um, thereafter, it will go into the cupboard and it will come out to be refreshed at the end of the year. So I think there's this natural tendency for organizations to move to the short term horizon, particularly with the events that are going on today. Can we get raw material? How do we expedite? Um, you know, we're in back orders. How do we reduce those back orders? It's all about driving short term focus. So as a consequence of that, um, we forget. I, I think businesses forget that well, what is the art of the possible? What is the trajectory of the business? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would contend that some enterprises now are actually compromising the long-term future because they are so myopically focused on the short term. No, I, I get it. Focused get on it. The, well, they're focused on the tactics, aren't they? They're not necessarily focused on the strategic. Sure. And, and I, I understand. I get the concept that, you know, we, we have we have shareholders to deliver to. We, mm. we have the, 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 the street, which is perpetually challenging and asking. I absolutely get that. But but I think the the challenge here is to to be able to transition between the short, medium and the long term and have a balanced discussion. What are we doing today which is going to build capability for the future? Not just what are we doing today to dig ourselves out of the hole, but how are we making the enterprise stronger for the longer term? Mm -hmm. Can I circle back now to um, COVID black swan events? Because I know yeah. that at DemSense, you mentioned how valuable IBP could be to shelter your supply chains from black swan events, which seem to be sort of the new normal, right, these days. Um, I'm going to play you this clip as well as uh, something that you said there. I, I think it's more systemic than that. I think the world is beginning to understand that these black swan events, these, these financial crises, these pandemics, um, climate change and the impact of hurricanes coming up through the Gulf, etc., they're, they're becoming more of a regular event than perhaps people would expect them to be. You know, once in a hundred year event, we can deal with that with SNOP. But now we get to a situation over the past five to seven years, it seems to be one black swan event after another black swan event. And businesses are beginning to say, you know, we've got to start planning for these things. We've got to start extending the horizon and almost having these contingency plans as part of our integrated business planning. So I, I get what you're saying in terms of the traditional supply demand synchronization. I understand that. But I think there's more, there's something more sinister about why now for IBP, um, Texas virtually shut down um, the entire petrochemical industry with the with, with the storm that occurred uh, and those kind of things they seem to be a whole lot more frequent hence i think the time to move to integrated business planning okay so following on from that do, do you think that organizations who fail to implement ibp will ultimately struggle to survive and may be left behind yeah that that's a that's a um a very powerful statement in itself i certainly think organizations which don't have the ability to manage scenarios, long-term scenarios, are going to struggle to capitalize on the opportunities that are ahead of them. Mm -hmm. and, and that really comes back to earlier conversations, balancing the short, medium, and long-term. Um, if 
again, if you peel back the layers of IBP, I would contend the single most powerful aspect of integrated business planning is to manage the assumptions, understand the expectations, the risks and opportunities. We have this, this um, acronym we call AERO, Assumptions, Risks, Expectations and Opportunities. There's a lot of, lot of organizations which just focus on the assumptions, the risks and opportunities, but we put in these expectations as well. And I think the, the critical aspect of IBP, out of all the other good things that IBP does, being in a position where an enterprise can look at those four categories, assumptions, risks, expectations, and opportunities, being able to look at those four categories and have scenarios as to how the enterprise would respond to risks, to scenarios. It builds a muscle that I don't think that all businesses have really Flexed. leveraged or are. correct correct I, I i think that i think that a lot of what we have seen certainly over the past 18 months we would have been in a better shape had we had defined business continuity plans for specific scenarios that we had vetted through the integrated business process to be clear, this is what we're going to do in this event. This is what we're going to do in this event. And, and I think here you get into the, the discussion which says, well, can we ever really predict the future? Well, I was now, just going to say that could, because, because aren't we relying on data that may not even exist, really? Right. I mean, there, there we go. There we go. And, and that's the power of the, the assumption-based management. Um, you, you take the situation where the beginning of the pandemic, um, I, I don't know if I would have had a scenario even in my IBP process that would have said, what happens if this blows up to be a global pandemic? Mm -hmm. But certainly after perhaps three or four cycles, when we started to see the impact and the spread and the growth, certainly then we needed to be starting to think about what happens if this becomes a global pandemic. And I think that then naturally leads you on to, well, let's just push on this. What happens if we do get all of our suppliers shut down for 12 months? Where are we going to get microchips from? Where are we going to get steel from? Where are we going to get the compression? So, yeah, the, the idea that you're staring into a crystal ball and you're defining a perfect strategy, of course, we, don't, we can't do that. Nobody has but that. But I, yeah, yeah. I think sensing and continuing to, continuing to sense on a monthly basis the scenarios and pivot based upon where the world is going, I think is a very, very powerful mechanism. But, you know, let me ask you, I mean, you, you, you talk about the pros and cons of SNOP and IBP and you use terminology like short term and long term horizon. Uh, obviously, a strong pro of IBP is being able to plan for the future and operationalize this plan. Uh, and, you know, now in the short term. Right. But is it that simple? Uh, is IBP a magic bullet when it comes to short term and long term planning? And and how can a supply chain leader balance the short term and long term? Yeah, and it's not. I mean, there's a lot of it. questions I just threw at you, isn't yeah. it? But, yeah. <laughs> and if you had the answer to that, I bet you'd be a millionaire as well. Because for sure, for sure, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't think there is. There is no silver bullet. Obviously, if there yeah. was a silver bullet, then, then then business would be in a different place. I, I think that um, you know, when it comes down to business management, there is a suite of tools. Um, there is an arsenal within the armory that we can use, and I think integrated business planning, from my perspective brings a lot of those tools together 
in a way that allows us to be prepared for the future. Um, I'll I, I give you some, some examples. Um, when the pandemic hit, we saw some real significant contributions to the economy of business. Well, not just the economy, the situation. Businesses pivoting mm -hmm. from making filters for vehicles and engines to making face masks, yeah. making vehicles to making um, uh, um, uh, ventilators. Respirators. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, right. You know, so, yeah, th th those types of events. You now pivot to where we are today. Today, we saw Toyota shutting down 40% of production because of the lack of microchips. Now, I would contend, and, and, and far for me to tell Toyota what they should be doing, but I would contend, I am confident that Toyota isn't slashing and burning because they are constraining production by 40%. I am confident that Toyota as a management process and structure, which is saying, okay, what can we do with those people, that resource that is no longer going to be building cars? Mm -hmm. Yeah, some will want to go on vacation. I get that. But there's maintenance around the factory to be done. There's other things that we can deploy this resource to do to create value, not just for the enterprise, but for the individual so that when we do get back to normal, they, they not only come back to their jobs to do what they were doing previously, but they come back as more complete people, more, yeah. more broader thinking, um, that the, 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 the skills that they've learned, the experiences they've had for that four, five, six months doing something different is such a major contributor to business value creation when they return to normal. So I, I think, yeah, okay, maybe that's a little bit of a trite example, but um, you, you get to the point where I would contend IVP gives you that opportunity rather than just getting to a point where we're getting to the end of the year, we're going to have to hit our financial numbers. Let's just let half the workforce go. Mm -hmm. well, that's very short termist, though. And, and, and like you say, it, you know, the world is complex right now. There's no way that we can predict what's coming around the corner. So uh, I would I, I would state, I think, uh, and this is me putting my little two cents in that the old business book textbook of how we run businesses, you know, that we cannot fully rely on them anymore. Can no. we? I mean, it's, it's, it's a very different world and I'm not understating that, you know, clearly this last 15, 20 months of not just pandemics, Brexit, uh, you know, geopolitical issues of ships stuck in canals, fires. I mean, you know, the climate change, there's a whole lot coming. So how Absolutely. does the supply chain, how does the supply chain leader, manage to build for the future whilst managing the present yeah so i think come right back to your point um that that supply chain leader of today has to start understanding that there is a bunch of new tools that are yeah. needed in order to truly drive um the future of the business the future of the supply chain uh, and and i think you know, even before the pandemic, we were in the situation where we started to see artificial intelligence, machine learning, yeah. algorithms beginning to creep into planning. Okay, great, fantastic. Now you combine that with all of the dynamics that you talk about, um, the changes in the geopolitical environment, the black swan events, you combine them all together. I think we've now reached a point where all of these dynamics are causing us to have to rethink mm -hmm. the book. The book that we read at school, at college, that says this is how you do things, is now having to be redefined, reshaped. 
And, and I think there's where um, progressive enterprises, progressive organizations are already understanding that. Um, the, there's always, always a place for the existing business management processes when it comes to yeah. supply chain. You know, the, the, the foundations, the fundamentals of how you drive supply chain, they aren't going to go away. No. They aren't going to go away. But they need to be augmented. They need to be supplemented with a whole bunch other stuff. I, I talk to folks about the age of the thinking organization is upon us. Tell me the more days, The days when we just perpetually chased labor arbitrage. Yeah. Lower cost, lower cost. Those days are now, yeah, they're having to be thought about. They're having to be balanced by... Yeah, there's a there's there's a purpose and a place for labor arbitrage for, for driving low cost opportunities. But there's also now increasingly a place for thinking about how do we use the new planning techniques in an environment which is so fundamentally different to it, what it was just five, ten years ago. And that that I think is I, I think it's very exciting. I think it's very exciting. I think supply chain leaders um, need to embrace that. And, and really sit down with their senior leadership and, and start asking questions. Have we got the right mixture of low-cost um, operations, um, um, flexible, lean operations, um, the use of robots, um, cobots, as we call them, mm -hmm. um, the use of artificial intelligence, algorithms to drive the demand planning? You know, there are so many pieces. But the, the critical element of this is that you don't just swing the pendulum right to the other end. You have to really think about what is the recipe for a specific operating model. Mm. You can't just throw money at, at, at all of these whiz-bang new tools. You have to start being very prescriptive about, for this particular environment, this is the piece. This is the new piece of planning that I need, as opposed to something different here. Well, this goes back to something you said earlier about the supply chain leader trying understanding why they're doing something what is the problem that they're trying to solve what is the purpose of what they're trying to do hence is it strategic or is it a tactical decision that needs to be made this goes back to the, the point that you made i want yep. to talk about supply chain as a function or supply chain in general during DemSense, you position supply chain in a very unique light you you stated something like uh that supply chain is more of a service provider to the business and not necessarily the be-all and end-all of the business. Can you expand on that? Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and maybe maybe that's a that's a, um, a, a an emotional statement that we've got a lot of people perhaps um, questioning mm. it. I, you know, I, I think that the supply chain tends to build these edifices, mm -hmm. structures that that suck in so much, which really isn't within their remit. So we, I think the conversation starts with the, the perpetual move to centralized structures, centralized yeah. service provider supply chain structures. Um, you know, we, we can call it whatever model you want, but this idea that a, a central supply chain organization delivers to the business objectives, the PBUs, the, the business units, who are driving their strategy, the, the, the central supply chain organization is delivering to the, those businesses. The, the challenge here is, is, is significant. First and foremost, I don't think that IBP immediately works in that environment. 
Okay. I think it has to be thought about. And, and the reason that I say that is that IBP fundamentally is connected to the P&L. We measure business success through the P&L. Now, if you can't allocate effectively the costs of a central supply chain organization to the PBUs, you've immediately got a mismatch. Your PBU is not fully representative of the service that it's consuming within that big structure, that, that central structure. And, and it, sounds, it sounds simplistic, but um, I'm sure there are, there are um, controllers, there are finance folks out there who are, who are saying it's not simple. How you allocate mm. a central shared service organization effectively to, to a PBU is very, very challenging, very challenging. So you, you, have this, you have this situation where because it's so challenging, these, these central supply chain organizations tend to suck things in. Okay, so what we're going to do in the supply chain organization, in the ops review or the supply chain review, is we're going to look at new products and where are new products being developed. And we're going to bring in all of the HR issues and all of the IT issues. Whoa, hold on. What you're doing is you're just moving the whole business from one to another. You're just moving it into the central supply chain organization. And I think it comes back to comments I've previously made. There is so much from a planning and a supply chain and an operations perspective that needs to be done. A whole lot new opportunities that... These supply chain organizations really need to be focused on that. Yeah. How do we get to be really good at supply chain? And the other critical aspect of this is that the more that supply chain pulls in, the less the, less the other functions, the other verticals will be inclined to drive continuous improvement in whatever they should be doing. They'll just say, well, supply chain does it. So you get to the situation where the sales and marketing organization says, okay, well, fine. Let the stat forecast run supply, run production. We, we, we'll just go off and sell. And there's now you get the antithesis of in integration. It's all being done within supply chain and the business is off doing its own thing and never the twain shall meet. I love that. And I, and I love the statement that you make about let supply chain focus on being good at supply chain because the world is changing. The world is disruptive. There is, you know, we're not in smooth sailing right now. So I think we need to get our house in order. Um, Absolutely. You know, last parting words before we go, what advice do you have to supply chain leaders that are maybe struggling to understand I wouldn't say struggling to understand the differences between IBP and SNOP, but struggling to articulate uh, this across their businesses. Yeah, I, I think the the question that I would pose, and it, it's a question that was posed to me by by a colleague that I, I once worked with: What problem are you trying to solve? What yeah. What is the problem you're trying to solve here? And and more to the point, is it just one problem? Or is it two problems? And, and the, the way I then um, perhaps articulate that is, is that you've got to bring the right medicine to the right ailment. If you've mm -hmm. got a headache, you know, don't take a stomach pill, take a headache pill. Um, and, and I think that's, again, comes back to the thinking organization. Are you trying to solve the supply demand synchronization in the three months, SNOE? Are you trying to get to a point where you've got capabilities to align demand and supply over a 12-month, 18-month horizon, SNOP, 
or truly are you looking at scenarios and options and futures that go in be, go on beyond the 12 months where you are prepared for these black swan events which as i've said seem to be coming more and more frequently more and more rapidly yeah more rapidly. and you you're then in a position where you can pull the levers as you see them maturing so so yeah think about think about what the problem is going to solve and if if the answer the problem you're trying to solve is oh we only want to work in the zero to three then i would challenge supply chain leaders and business leaders that um that's probably not the right recipe kim i want to thank you for being here for your for sharing your knowledge for sharing your insights on this and hopefully we'll see you again in uh, one of our other events and also on uh, on, on the podcast Fantastic. Really nice talking to you. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. And for those listening and watching, thanks so much. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.